Welcome back to Spiraling. Serena and I figured we would do a check-in in the time of the pandemic. <laughs> we last spoke. Um, honestly, not much has changed, but we thought a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel like we've had much more time to adjust now, and there yeah. have been wonderful highs and lows associated with that. So we thought we would just have a quick chat, check in with each other, check in with all of you. And yeah, I feel like (laughs) there's so much to unpack. Where shall we start? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. So we were talking about what we were going to do this episode, and this is just going to be different from the normal format of our episodes. Again, if you started with us in the pandemic, blessings to you because what a weird time to start. (laughs) We had our shit together season one. We had a plan for each episode. We were in the same city. (laughs) We we would have breakfast together and (laughs) would plan our episodes and record. And I feel like, you know, since the pandemic, we've really been a little bit loose. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a sign of the times. And this episode in particular is just a quarantine check-in where we're going to talk about our social distancing and our quarantine and our anxiety. Yes. Um, And I think we we are both in such vastly different situations and our handling and our our anxiety is is very different normally and right now that I think it just will be an interesting conversation. So yes. we usually start with our spirals. That's this is what I was going to say, and <laughs> end with our highs. But right now, I think the entire episode will just be our one big spiral. <laughs> yeah, we did. We weren't sure how we were going to separate out a unique spiral for each of us, but I think in general, since the first check-in, it's been interesting to watch everybody adjust to this new life. And we have sort of, I feel like we have entered somewhat of a new normal in that people are starting to get used to being home, either alone or with whoever they happen to be isolating with. And that doesn't mean that it's gotten easier. It's just it just become normal if that makes sense. Yeah. And is that how you feel? I like, I, I still am waking up and for a while I was waking up and being like, where am I? <laughs> because I am in Maine. Yeah. And, and I, when I first was waking up, I would blissfully forget for a bit what was going on in the world and be sort of like, what's happening. But now I wake up and I am used to being here and I am like, well, let's start the day. And some days I am more excited to start the day than others, if we're being honest. Yeah. I mean, I think the initial shock for people, including myself, has worn off of like, we're like, okay, this is it. Everything is closed. It's not like the first week and the second week were really, everyone was freaking out and rightfully so. Like, this is unprecedented. This is bananas. What's (laughs) happening? And everyone was just warming up at different times and then businesses were closing and travel and this and that and plans getting shut down. And then now over, I think between last week and this week, the unique nature of it now is that like 
everybody's on the same page. It's getting worse. It's really scary. We don't know how long it's going to be. And we are here, you know, and I feel like everyone is, has warmed up to that so that it's not changing as rapidly. It's more, there's been more acceptance, at least for me. And I think what you were saying, Serena, about waking up every morning and, and being like, wow, this is happening. I, I think I'm, I'm in a bit of a unique situation of like my life for the past year has been so in flux and so weird and so bananas and not having a stable home generally that my anxiety has been less in the last couple of weeks because all of my choices have been taken away. I was going to have to make all these really big life choices of like moving and finding a home and figuring out what city I wanted to live in and, and figuring out my work. And all of that is kind of like, well, I can't really make any of those now. I just have to be present in the day. And being present is the biggest medicine for my anxiety. So on a personal level, it's been a bit comforting. Like I have my routine. I can't make any choices of like what I'm doing, what I'm eating. It's just very, very simple. I'm working on a big new project. And so I've just been doing that. And I'm not seeing friends. I talk to the same few people. I've gotten into a bit of a flow that's been like, I will never forget this of like, this was like exactly what I needed. And I maybe couldn't have done for myself in the last year of like being so shaky. So I weirdly, and I have a lot of shame and feel a little bit weird saying it, but I, it's been really good for my mental health. Which first of all, I just want to say that makes me deeply happy and you should not feel any shame attached to that. We should have a celebration in honor <laughs> of that. I just feel like if anybody's listening, I'm, I'm going to chime in with the, I'm on the opposite end <laughs> of the spectrum right now. Oh, um, which makes me deeply sad. <laughs> no, but like, don't, that's the thing is like, I am riding this out. And what's so interesting to me was week one, I was like, I'm doing okay. I was having a little bit, my anxiety was heightened a little bit, but because we already both, you know, work from home, I already had a pretty solid routine. I was just sticking with my usual things, albeit in a different location, but that really worked for me in week one. Week two, I started to get sad. And for me, that is okay. That's better than anxiety. I was just a little bit more sad every single day. And then I would say last week, last week was week three, right? I can't even keep track. Anymore. I have it doesn't no really idea. matter. I but like, let's no just idea. break it. I'm just like breaking it into thirds. I was like, first third was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of thriving in isolation. <laughs> week two was like, I'm getting increasingly sad. And week three is when shit really hit the fan. And last weekend, I had probably the worst anxiety that I've had since in a decade, since I first developed my super fun anxiety disorder, that I have worked so hard to successfully get to a good place over the years. And so this was really fraught with so many different emotions, disappointment, shame, fear. And and the fear element really exacerbated my anxiety in the sense that I was like, oh dear God, am I going back to year one? Because I cannot do year one again. And 
that was what was really scaring me. And like on a lighter note, like I full blown made myself sick this weekend. Not, but I don't know. For some reason, when I say sick, I always envision throwing up. Like I don't mean like that. Like I fully manifested many different symptoms. And sure, I could have had an actual cold. And I don't want anybody listening to be in a panic that like, maybe I do have coronavirus. Because if I do, it doesn't matter. I'm not leaving this house. So (laughs) like, whatever, if it gets bad, I'll take care of it. But like, I feel fine today. My point is, is that I had all of these symptoms. I had such bad chest pains. I had chills and I have been talking to a lot of my friends with anxiety who are like, I full blown gave myself chills and a headache and all of these things where it's like, are they real symptoms? You don't know, maybe, but the truth is, is like from what we've heard about coronavirus, you do not experience coronavirus symptoms for like two hours and then again in like 12 hours and then not for three days and then for one full day. Like that's not how this works, which is kind of comforting in that you are able to then say, wow, I'm just having terrible anxiety and a lot of people are going through this right now. But I really felt like I took a ton of steps back and what's particularly infuriating is that I am still working all of my management tools and they're just not working as well. And for somebody like me who is stubborn and loves routine, it's very, for lack of a better word, annoying (laughs) when they're not working or being as effective as they have been for many, many years. So Sure, I can up my dosage of CBD and magnesium and work on my sleep hygiene and do all of these things, put my legs up the wall, exercise, all the things I'm normally doing, but it's still not, the truth is it's still not making a huge difference. And we've talked about this so much, you and I, and then a lot in season one as well about understanding that managing anxiety is not like the path is not linear and it there is no one prescription for everyone but also sometimes you develop an immunity to a certain extent to that prescription and you yeah. have to be flexible and just because i'm i'm i've been so anxious and scared of that anxiety recently it's you sometimes forget that you have to be flexible. And while it feels scary to not have a firm grip on things in the moment, being willing to experiment is kind of the only way through because you can try something and it might not work, in which case you're not in any worse of a position than you were before you tried that thing. And oftentimes, if you do try new things, they can help. So like, I am thrilled. I'm thrilled to report that we're co- we're going to come out of this long diatribe on a happy note. Um, I have been trying some new things and some things have been more effective than others. Like for example, I know, I know I spend too much time on my phone. I know this, <laughs> but I give myself a pass a lot of the time because I say that I, I need to be doing it because I'm working or I, I can make all manner of excuses for myself. But it was actually Logan who was like, I, I, you have to stop spending so much time on your phone right now. It's clearly having very, very bad effect on your anxiety. And I can see that. So I've the past few days, I've not been letting myself look at my phone when I wake up until after I've done my Melissa Wood Health. <laughs> and 
just that small shift of starting my day on a positive versus honestly opening my email or opening Instagram or whatever before I've done something positive for myself. Right now, it is mostly bad news. Or even if I don't even open the emails, the subject lines are just scary, (laughs) you know? And so I have been giving myself that, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes in the morning to not check in with the outside world and check in with myself, which has been helping. I've also been trying to not be on my phone an hour before bed, which is scaring me in in the sense that I am very addicted to my phone. And I'm, I knew that, but I have become hyper aware of that this past week. So I've been trying to do that. I also realized when I first, when all of this started, I don't usually drink during the week at home. I just don't unless like I'm out celebrating something or I'm at a restaurant on a weekday. But since going into isolation, I've been having a drink pretty much every night and just one usually. But I know that alcohol is a bad anxiety trigger for me. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It's just one drink, like whatever. But I just, I think after two weeks of having a drink essentially every day, I'm like, you can't do this anymore. You have to go back to your usual schedule or at least take days off. Because it's not like I'm getting drunk at night at all, but it's just that buildup in my system I know is not doing good things for my brain right now. So that I had to check in with. And then also the, the last one, which I think you will appreciate, is like I usually watch a lot of fucked up TV, like psychological thrillers, things about serial killers, just dark stuff. <laughs> speaks to me but like we started watching some show i can't even remember the outsider or something and we got three episodes in i was like no more like to logan i was just like i can't do this i need fluff i need happy i need to watch things i've already seen um i think we're gonna start rewatching schitt's creek but like i've been watching like romantic comedies like i i don't want to watch anything that is not yes. mindless right now. <laughs> the world is scary enough. Why do you need yes. to fill your subconscious with scary shit? <laughs> Preach. But what, yeah. What so, romantic comedies are we working with? I so what did I watch? Well, okay, so this isn't a romantic comedy, but it's just a straight up good comedy. I watched Grandma's Boy last weekend with Logan. It's like one of my favorite comedies ever. It's a Adam Sandler production. He's not in it, but it's very funny. And I'm I'm trying to get Logan on board with Notting Hill tonight. I just want like the the old school feel good. Yeah, like, Princess Bride. I want like some comedy and some romance. You know, I don't know. I just think the the concept of watching anything other than absolute fluff is just no bueno for me right now. That makes so much sense. My Best friend and I were just talking about, we've been talking every night, like a a true romantic relationship. And we've been saying the same thing, like only romantic comedies. And last night we were, we're going deep into Nancy Myers and we watched something's got to give and which I hadn't seen. I think I hadn't seen it since it came out like in the theaters and I was like a teenager. And I, I realized that like, all I want is that vacation house and mm-hmm. to be her when I grow up. 
and she looks she's naked in a scene and she looks amazing diane keaton and if you're not oh following God, diane keaton on babe. instagram i don't know what you're doing on that app there also quick interjection there is a nancy myers kitchen spotify playlist that what? everyone should listen to I mean, the I was just going to bring up it's complicated, and that kitchen yes. is one that I oh think my about God. daily, daily. Yes. <laughs> I, that is that's the in Santa that Barbara. That's my um, fantasy. Serena, I'm going to let you know that my friend sent me the listing of the house the other day. <gasps> oh my God! I'll forward. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we can put it in the show notes. Um, yes, exactly. We yeah, maybe we can buy. Well. Maybe someday we can buy a spiraling house that we yes. like. We all come to Serena cooks and yeah, you come. You know, it's like um, episodes, a retreat. What's that MTV show with Dr. Drew? Like celebrity. It's like some sort of like celebrity therapy something. We can have oh like God. a spiraling house like that. What if we had like a really earnest version of that? That was just, I don't know what that is, but like a really earnest house where it's like it's like a retreat. It's also like a podcast house. It's also just like nice people talking about their feelings and eating food in a pretty home. <laughs> Wearing I'm nice on board with all of clothes. these things. <laughs> linen, exclusively linen sets. That's yeah. Oh God, I'm so into Sounds it. Great. But yeah, like I think, like just lean it again. There is joy in the world right now. There are things to celebrate. Leaning into those things is so important. I know we talk about that all the time, but also the one thing that I've been thinking so much about, and that Katie and I have been talking so much about offline is the concept of comparative suffering. And when we did our first quarantine episode, we talked a lot about our privilege guilt and and the past few weeks, like my privilege guilt has felt like absolutely suffocating. And I just haven't known what to do with it. And I I just got to that point last weekend in the midst of my crazy anxiety spiral where you know that feeling in your throat before you cry where it's like burning and you have to cry or you're gonna explode that's sort of what I've been walk I was walking around with for a lot of last week was that like suffocating burn and like a lot of that I felt like was attributable to the fact that I was so that sadness that I talked about in the middle third of quarantine had built up and I just felt so awful for everybody in the world, the people who have this virus, the people whose loved ones have this virus, the people on the front lines. And it's like, when you think about the front lines too, it's so huge because it's like healthcare workers are getting all of this attention, but then there's the janitors and the, the, you know, the people who are driving UPS delivery guys and the, and the, my mind is exploding because there's way too many things to list and they're just not coming to my tongue right now. (laughs) But there's just so many. And then that is overwhelming and crushing. And I'm like, I feel so sad. And also my anxiety is so bad. And I feel so guilty about that because again, all the things we talked about, I have a job to do. I have a roof over my head. I have plenty of food, all of these things. But I I listened to an episode of Brene Brown's podcast that actually a lot of people who listened to Spiraling were kind enough to send me. And it's all about comparative suffering. And it's just, it's a really, really helpful 
listen if you are feeling this way. And also I would challenge people who are feeling particularly, maybe you are on the front lines or you have been personally affected by this virus and you're finding yourself jumping to judgment of how other people are dealing with this crisis. I also think it could be a really helpful listen because it's really just about empathy. And it's about the fact that comparing our suffering doesn't help those who are suffering more than we are. So if you only extend, she talks about, if you only extend empathy and kindness to the ER doctor that's on the front line and not to yourself or to your loved ones, that doesn't make the ER doctor's life any better. You know what I mean? And empathy is not finite. We have plenty of it to go around. And the more we exercise it, the more it is in the world. So like, if you give yourself some empathy, it doesn't mean there's less to give other people. So I just thought it was a really interesting perspective. And it was like the first time I felt like I could really get a deep breath and go back to being useful in the ways that I know that I can be right now and cutting myself some slack. And that was sort of a game changer for me on a personal level. Yeah. I mean, I think I said this to you before we started recording, but you know, I heard Russell Barron talk about this too. And it's like comparison of our suffering, like you said, it doesn't help other people. It doesn't help you to be able to be the best version of you to be able to have empathy and help other people. And I had a aha moment when you were speaking before about your anxiety tools not working anymore. And I realized that that for me, you know, I talked for a second at the beginning of, of what this has been like for me and and saying like, oh, I'm, you know, actually mentally in a pretty good place. And there's a million reasons why I should be freaking out and you know I I feel I feel okay but like maybe my life or the uncertainty in general or my bank account or whatever might not say that but in my mind I'm I'm okay and I think it's because I've just leaned into the fact there's so much uncertainty and there's so much I can't control that I'm just like okay I'm here where if this pandemic hadn't been happening I think I would have just been like, okay, I got to fix it. Everyone else is okay. I got to fix it. I got to do it. And I've just allowed myself to like lean in and just be like, all right, there, well, I, one day at a time and trying to be present. And I think w- what you were saying about your anxiety management tools not working, that was all of my last year. Like I, I've said this in the episode with Jen, I think of like you and Jen are people who really have their anxiety locked in and you know it works and you've got your shit together and you know it works for you. And I was like, good God, why am I such a mess? Like, why is it that I can have CBD and not feel anything? Why is it that I put my legs up the wall? Why is it that I try to go to bed on time or I do all these things and I am so depressed and I'm so anxious and I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off in New York City for all of last year. And then I just kind of see it now as like, oh, I was experiencing trauma or my own trauma or I was just, and again, just like you said about, I think, you know, that was kind of a coronavirus is a, this pandemic is a microcosm of, of the macro of like warming up to it and being in different phases and different phases of grief. And that experience was, was the same of like really having to have moment to moment self-awareness of like, okay, these things might not work right now. And and that's okay, you know? Yeah. And I think what's interesting too is I feel like 
this pandemic has made us in an odd way to not experience the day-to-day sort of ebbs and flows of emotion that we typically experience in real life. So all of the things we were dealing with pre-pandemic are still there, which is crazy. So it's like, if you are having, for example, I'm just going to throw random things out. These are not like necessarily things I'm personally dealing with, but things that I've been having conversations with friends about. It's like, if you were in a fight with your sister before the pandemic, it's not magically healed because there's a pandemic. Like if you are stressed out about something in your career and you're lucky enough to still have a job, like that stress is probably just different now, but it it's, has not been yeah. wiped clean. If you are somebody that really thrives in... And then also like there's some things that have been taken away and it is okay to to mourn those losses. It's not great to dwell on them because there's nothing you know that can be done right away. So it's not particularly fruitful, but acknowledging that you're sad, frustrated, missing something. I know that a lot of people thrive on, I, I don't understand it, but thrive on group fitness classes. And like people are really hating that they have to do at-home workouts now. It is okay to like go to open your computer to do your at-home workout and be like, this fucking bullshit. You know, <laughs> like it's okay. Or if be- you're making a pizza that's not as good as the pizza yes, you get every we Sunday. Were jo- we were joking about that before we started talking. So I was like, honestly, as much as I love that it's important to me that like we are maintaining tradition in quarantine. But like this past Sunday when I was super anxious and we were like making our faux rigorosa pizza, I was like, fuck this shit. I miss the real pizza. This pizza is bullshit. Tastes like shit. (laughs) And like, it's okay to have those feelings of frustration, anger, sadness that are not related necessarily specifically to the pandemic. Yes, in those cases, it's like you're missing a class or a pizza or whatever that that you can't have right now. But if you're, for example, like I, I'm I just find it funny because I don't have coworkers, but like people who are like my coworkers are annoying. They're now just with their coworker, their annoying coworkers on Zoom. They still have to deal with them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. There's so many things that I think we're trying to push off and we still have to move through those feelings. And also I think the unique thing about both of our situations, which are opposite. It's like Katie is alone and I'm with Logan. I'm so lucky to be with Logan. But I think there are also some really awesome things about being alone. It's totally. Like, I'm so grateful for it. I'm very happy about it. And like I think what's like kind of crazy is because of this, and I just want to mention this for anybody who can relate. I am somebody who I have for some reason, you know, obviously I've let go of a lot of guilt and shame surrounding my anxiety. And Logan and I have such an open dialogue about it in, in real life outside of pandemic. But pandemic has really brought me back to a bad place with my anxiety. I feel like the past, you know, couple days I'm, I'm coming out of what was a very bad few days, but those bad few days, I had sort of a lot of the shameful feelings that I had initially because Logan is also going through a lot right now. His work is incredibly stressful. Like a lot, you know, everybody's work or lack of work is a great source of stress. And he's exhausted and he's going through a lot of the same things I am. But then on top of that, I'm like, 
I feel like I'm not being a great partner because I'm really anxious. And, and sometimes in real life, I can just be like, ugh, like I'm having a super anxious day. I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to read a book or like I need to check out for a bit. But like I feel guilty about that right now because I feel like we should just be in a perfect world. We would be supporting each other and, and lifting each other up equally. But this is also something that Brene Brown touches on in her podcast. It's like, relationships are not 50-50 at all times. So right now, I'm maybe at like 30% and Logan is is meeting me with 70%. And at some point that will switch and I'll be there for him when he needs me. Maybe it will be during this pandemic. Maybe it won't be, but it, it all does kind of come out in the wash. So I'm trying to let go of the guilt and shame I feel for being not my best recently. Cause like, yeah. you know, I can't, as much as I would love to just turn this off and just be having fun with Logan and, and meeting him at fifth, you know, we're both bringing our best selves to the table. That just is not possible for me right now. I feel like I'm, I'm now a better version of myself than I was this past weekend, but it ebbs and flows. And I think part of loving someone is loving all of them. And, you know, I feel like he's lying a little bit, but he's like, you're fine. You know, don't, if you need to be alone, be alone. If you need to bitch and cry, bitch and cry. Like it's fine. And that's why he's like the most wonderful, stable human yeah. alive. But it is weird. And it's something that I want to some days just like be in a bad mood and not feel like yeah. I'm dragging somebody else down. <laughs> and that's totally okay. I mean, I think it's, I, I've been thinking about this a lot and really like it's a masterclass for a relationship to be together in quarantine, not because you're spending so much time together, but because you're spending time together and it's not a holiday. It's not, it's indefinite. It's, you have to live your lives together. It's, it's a pandemic. I mean, there's so much, (laughs) there's so much of it that, that makes it really complicated. And, you know, I'll say to you what you said to me last year, I was spiraling like, God damn it. I, wasn't my best self and this you know of the person I was with at the time couldn't love me and that was so hard for me and what you said to me you were like well you know what like that means that that wasn't right because the person who could love you during that will see you and love you no matter what and I feel like you yeah. have that with Logan and that's really cool and he does love you even if he's having to do 70 30 and you're right yeah. it's all gonna be a mush. <laughs> um, he does have a ridiculous pandemic beard right now. So I feel like I feel like that's my punishment. <laughs> he looked great in the bath. I think we should, you know, dock this boat for the day. Yes. But I just wanted to say one more thought on what you were saying about things not being better. They're just we're just getting more resilient. And that yep. was I lost my train of thought before when I was talking about the aha moment I had when when you were originally speaking, but it was really essentially about that. It's like all of my fears, all of my anxieties that I had before this, like you said, they're not gone. I still don't know where I'm living. I'm still in a in flux and in transition. And Serena and I, it seems so funny now, but we had this whole conversation when I was in Australia about what the <laughs> season would be about. And it was going to be about how we are both in a transition year and we're both figuring things out in different transitions, but still yet in flux. And 
And all that's still there, but now it doesn't seem to matter anymore. And it's not that it doesn't matter anymore. It does, but it's like, I just feel a little bit more at peace and I feel a bit less alone because the entire world is in this uncontrollable situation that I sort of have been living in. So I feel like I've You're become like, more resilient. To my dojo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just feel like I've become more resilient to this situation because I have been so, I've had to be so adaptable and I've had to be so resilient for the last year of like being so ungrounded. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just know that, yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not there. It's just we're all, I'm proud of us. Like I'm literally proud of everyone on, on the earth right now who is trying their best and I'm proud of you listening. Yeah. And I'm also, I, before we go to our highs, this is all really exhausting. So if you're really tired, that's okay. I think we're all really, really tired right now. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's doing their best. We're just doing our best. And, you know, honestly, that's all we can do ever. But I just think that's the motto is wake up every day, take it one day at a time and do your fucking best. Totally. Same page. Um, Shall we do high, high or highest? Yes. We're going to keep them tight. Very tight. Do you wish to start? Sure. I'm going to just go stream of consciousness. All right. I had some good granola this morning. Oh, I got this new tea. It's not new tea, but it's tea that I love that I found here that I really like. It's called, this has the weirdest name, but it's called Beauty Mate. <laughs> oh. I just really like it. Yeah. And something's got to give. Just watching a lot of good romantic comedies and I'm like delighting and having time and space to, now that I'm not on so many Zoom calls, like we mentioned, actually... Yeah make some progress in my work and working on so many new things that are about to come out right probably as people are listening to this. Stay tuned. But it just, it feels good to be able to have the space to do that. So that's the highest. I love that. Yes. Um, What are are mine? Dream of consciousness. I made, I've been making really good omelets. I don't know why they've been like my quarantine omelets have been better than my normal omelets, I think, because I have a better omelet pan here. I don't know, but that is definitely a high. I feel like all of these are going to be food related, which is absurd. I mean, two of mine were, Um, so it's fine. (laughs) That's all we have. I had had Ben and Jerry's ice cream for the first time in a while on Sunday. And I was like, this is fucking delicious. And I don't know why I haven't had Ben and Jerry's. Which flavor? It was everything but the, which I has like toffee and peanut butter cups and cookie dough in it. And then also the cookies and milk one. I don't know. They were delicious and my mind was blown. So those were two good ones. And then, oh, I got to take my first bath in a month because we had only just because we're in Maine and like the water like the pipes freeze, we only had the water on and like us in the kitchen and like one room. And so we, because we're now going to be here for a while, we turned the water on. And so I got to take a bath. <laughs> like we had Delightful. a little shower, but before. I miss baths so much too. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how, I mean, you know, I love my bath. Yeah. Um, so I like was, I had like a little happy cry when I got in the bath. <laughs> 
I love that. It's making me nostalgic for Bass and knowing that like that is a, I wrote down all the things I want someday when I am not homeless. <laughs> yes, yes. And a bathtub is one that like needs to be on the list. Honorable mention to the fact that we started a like basically monochromatic Harry Potter puzzle a few weeks ago. And I had never really done a puzzle before. And we tried like three times. And then I, I was like, you know what? I fucking hate puzzling and it was really liberating and I probably will never do another puzzle again. <laughs> That's so funny. I was actually going to, cause I saw, I think Logan posted it and yes. I was just like, good luck. How's it going? And he, he messaged me back and was like, it's really fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were both like, why are we forcing ourselves to do something that we hate? <laughs> yeah, totally. So that was very freeing, but I love that. Shall we disclaim? Yeah, absolutely. We are not doctors, are we, Katie? Last time I checked, no. (laughs) We are also not mental health professionals of any kind. We love therapy. We highly recommend it. We are just two friends talking about our anxiety. (laughs) During a pandemic. During a pandemic. If you are anxious or feeling weird in any way, you are not alone. Clearly, you are not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> damaged or broken and you don't owe anyone an explanation for your mental health. And, and we love you. We love you so much. You. I took Serena's line, but I think I like, <laughs> you did. I, I was like I holding okay. my breath waiting to see if you would remember it in order and you nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. Love you guys. Okay, We love you guys. Bye.